Hi, Jada. I'm going to be reading to you from a book called Willow Wind Farm, Betsy's Story. This is part of the series that I think I mentioned to you. They take place in Wisconsin, um, probably like an hour, maybe an hour and a half away from here towards the Mississippi River. Um, it's in the, they all take place in the Latch Valley. And the first one happens in, I think, the 1860s, maybe. Um, and then this is the last book in the series. It starts in 1967. I know you like things that are more, a little bit more current. So I thought I would start with this one. And then if you like it, I can go back and read the others. I don't have all of them. Um, but I have some of the really good ones. Well, I think they're really good. I read the series a bunch of times, and Maylee actually recommended it when I was asking her to give me some ideas uh, for read-alouds. So, Willow Wind Farm, Betsy's Story by Anne Pilowski. Chapter 1, The Big Family. Not too long ago, on a farm on the ridge of a hill, lived a big family. There were chil 10 children. Betsy was not the oldest, she was not the youngest, and she wasn't even the one in the middle. She was the seventh daughter, and she was seven years old. There were nine girls in the family, and only one boy, Danny. He was 16 years old and almost grown up. Whenever people would visit the family, someone would usually ask him, how's it feel to be the only boy in such a crowd of girls? Danny would just smile and not say anything. He kept his thoughts to himself. Two sisters were older than Danny, Linda and Kathy. They were both blonde, but Linda wore her curly hair short, while Kathy's wavy hair was long. They studied a lot because they wanted to go to college. After Danny came Carol. She had even blonder hair. It was almost white, and it curled softly around her face with its large, round blue eyes. Carol always looked calm and easygoing. She was going to be a nurse someday. Then came Mona, who had dark red hair, almost brown. Mona loved to do math in school. She had helped Betsy a lot in first grade with her arithmetic problems. Dorothy was a year younger than Mona. She had hair that was between blonde and brown. It made little ringlets around her neck and forehead. Her skin was always brown, even in the winter. Dorothy liked poetry and reading. Two years after Dorothy came Julie. She was the only one in the family with long straight hair. It was a nice shiny brown. And then came Betsy with her crinkly brown curls. After Betsy were Sarah and Christine. They were both born on the same day, only one year apart. Sarah was tall and thin for her five and a half years, and at four and a half, Christine was short and chubby. Sometimes when the floor got all messy again, just after she had swept it carefully, Betsy would think to herself, I wish there weren't so many people around here. But most of the time she was glad she had her mother and father, her sisters and brother. It was nice to live in their big old house where her daddy had been born. Her daddy's grandfather had bought that farm right after he came over from Germany a long time ago. Some of Dad's brothers lived on farms nearby. They had big families, too. The mailman didn't always know to which corb farm he should take the mail, especially when it was addressed to one of the children. One time, Kathy got an invitation to a party in the mail, only the party was over before she got the card. I'm going to give our farm a name, announced Kathy in a determined voice. Then, if we ask our friends to write the name on the envelope, the mail will come here instead of going to another corb farm. It took her a few days to think of just the right name, 
but at last she reported she had found it. We have willows growing all along the edge of the road, and it's windy up here on the ridge. I think Willow Wind Farm is a perfect name. I agree, said Mom, and so did all the others. Kathy learned how to register the name in the county courthouse, and from there, they called their farm Willow Wind. Willow Wind was a medium-sized farm, but it had many animals and barns and fields. There were 30 milking cows, 26 heifers, 25 steers, 24 pigs, 18 chickens, one rooster, 10 cats and kittens, and two dogs. The cows lived in the big barn in winter and outside in the pastures in summer. The heifers and steers had their own small barn and a fenced-in area across the road. The pigs had a pen with a low shed at one side and a barn for the winter. The chickens roosted in their small coop behind the big barn. The cats and kittens had their special places in different corners of the hayloft. The dogs stayed in the farmyard. There was always so much to do on the farm. Every day the girls had to take turns helping with chores. There were the chickens to, and pigs to feed, water to run into the tanks for the heifers and steers, bales of hay to push down for the cows to eat, silage to throw down from the silo, and many other tasks. One of them helped their mother to milk in the morning, and another always took a turn helping Danny or Linda with the evening milking. Dad didn't do the milking during the week because most days he went to work at the farmer's exchange. He only milked on Sundays. Mom was the fastest and best milker. There were three buckets with suction cups attached to them. After they were hooked up to three cows, Mom would get the other cows ready to be milked. They had to have their udders washed with a cloth dipped in warm, soapy water. Then there'd be no dirt getting into the milk, and they'd get a better price for it. Mom knew just when each cow was finished. She would hand-strip the last squirts of milk from each teat and empty the buckets into one of the tall milk cans sitting in the cooler. Then she would whisk the bucket and suction cups over to the next cow. It took no more than five minutes. When Betsy was the helper, she had to run and get clean pails of fresh, warm water for her mother to use for the other washing. Popishi, called out Mom. That was Polish for hurry up. Sometimes she said it in German, too. Rachmaken. She had learned Polish from her parents and some German from Grandma and Grandpa Korb. After the milking, Betsy washed and rinsed the buckets in soapy water, and her mother scalded them. I wish we had one of those machines that takes the milk right from the cow into a big tank, said Betsy. She had seen one at her Uncle Robert's farm. They cost a lot of money, answered Mom. It'll take us quite a while to save up for one. In the spring and summer, there was extra work in the fields. In one long shed, they kept all the machines to do the field work. The first machine to come out in the spring was the three-bottom plow. That was used to get the fields ready for planting. First, they had to be plowed and then dragged. Only when they got smooth and even could Mom or Dad or Danny go out and plant the corn and oats. Once, Betsy went out in the field with Dad to plant corn. She liked to stand on the back of the tractor behind the seat and watch the corn planter push kernels of seed corn into the ground. The tractor pulling the planter had to go along nice and straight, so each row lined up at the correct distance from the one next to it. Then they'd be able to cultivate the weeds out later without tearing out the corn plants. How many kernels does the machine put in each time? Betsy wanted to know. About two or three, answered Dad. Are we supposed to be able to see them sticking up? Betsy asked, because she could see yellow specks in neat rows gleaming against the dark brown earth. No, they should go deep enough to get covered, said Dad as he looked around. He stopped the tractor so suddenly Betsy almost fell off. See that part that pokes the kernels in the ground? That's called the shoe. Maybe it's stuck, Dad said. 
go and count how many kernels are in that last row over there. Betsy ran to one of the rows where a small hillock of yellow corn kernels showed. There were definitely more than three or four. She began to count. What's taking you so long? Dad called after less than a minute. I'm still counting, replied Betsy. Only now you mixed me up. Was I at 32 or 42? So many. Guess I'll have to get off and have a look at the planter. While her dad tinkered with the machine, Betsy counted kernels. 99, 100. 98, 99, 200. 11, 12, 13, 14. 214 seed kernels. It's a good thing I had you along to be my lookout, said Dad. Otherwise, I would have wasted all that corn for nothing. For planting the oats, Dad used a different kind of cedar called a drill. They didn't have one, but always borrowed Uncle Joe's when he was finished with it. Those seeds were much smaller and had to go deeper into the ground and closer together. When the oats came up, the whole field would be covered with a pale green quilt of plants. They used the new Ferguson tractor most of the time for the field work. The trusty old Ford, which Mom and Dad had bought when they were first married, was used mostly for yard work or haying time when they needed two tractors. Before long, Betsy would learn how to drive both tractors. Julie already knew how to do it, and she was only nine years old. Of course, Mom and Dad only let her drive at a slow pace where the ground was level. One day, when Mike, one of their city cousins, was the same age as Julie, he was visiting on the farm, he bragged, I could drive that tractor just as well as you. Dad overheard him and scolded him. Don't let me ever catch you on the tractors when I'm not around. These aren't toy tractors. The girls have to practice and watch how to drive over the fields for a long time before they can do it on their own. Usually, Dad was very easygoing and jolly, but that time, Betsy could see that he was stern and serious. He really meant what he said. Do you think he'll ever let me drive the tractor? Mike asked Betsy. Sure, Betsy answered. Just go along with him a lot and see how he does it. All through the spring and summer, there would be plenty of visits from their cousins, aunts, and uncles. Though there, were mo there was more work to be done in those seasons, they had more time to do it. And when their cousins were there, the work seemed more like play. Betsy was glad she was finished with first grade and would not have to go back to school again until September.